Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Oh man, I love this church. I do. And uh, there's some really cool people in this room, actually. You're welcome. Um, Social media. Social media, um, you may agree with me, is is both a blessing and a curse. Um, This week, I was able to meet up with a friend I have not seen in probably six or seven years. She is my probably my oldest friend. I mean, we knew each other when we were like two and three years old and went to kindergarten together and all the way through school. Uh, of course, as life happens, you, you know, you get separated, but that's the beauty and the blessing of social media. You get to stay connected, right? Which was a really, really, really cool thing uh, for me this week. Um, again, like I mentioned before, you get to see different people's events or graduations or things like that. So, so that's really cool. Um, of course, I saw on uh, social media, because of social media this week, that um, uh, Tim Keller passed away. And Tim Keller, if you don't know who he is, is one of the, the greats of the Christian faith, particularly uh, in my lifetime, many books, I've uh, heard him speak, um, and whether you know it or not, he's probably influenced you in some way. And so we, we lost a great one this week and um, has heavily influenced not only my life, but even, you know, again, people throughout Hope Church that have gone before. Uh, but again, then there's like the downside of social media. And it just never seems to end, or people never learn their lesson of when to not post when they shouldn't. The cutting remarks, the backbiting, the I have opinions and I'm an expert on everything, and I'm just kind of over it, man. I don't know about you, uh, but I guess I want to encourage us to be wise with our words, everyone. And to be respectful of the people in our lives, in our circles. And we're in the middle of a series called You, Me, God. And honestly, this kind of touches exactly on the reason why we think it's so important to do this series. We are looking at what is called the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is basically a personality typing tool, but it's one of the best that I've ever used because it highlights some of our core motivations, some of our core fears, and really gets down to what we're all about. And the reason for that is, and and again, hear me out. I have a reason for where I'm going with this. When we begin to see and recognize that in our lives, then we begin to respond very differently to situations in our lives if we could let that sink in. You see, because here's the thing. Following Jesus, and I've said this every time I've been up here, following Jesus is, is like three things, okay? Being a Christian is a journey, and it's like three things. It's, it's a journey upward towards God, it's a journey outward towards others, and it's a journey inward towards ourselves. And that's really the essence of what it, 
means and where we're going uh, in this whole entire series. And, and, and again, I'm a big believer in rote and repetition. And so I want to show you a couple of the key verses that we've been working through that are, at least for me, I've been starting with. And hopefully, by the end of this series, they may be in your repertoire of verses. But the first one is Psalm chapter 139. Uh, verse 13 and 14, it says, You made all the delicate, most uh, inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. We are all uniquely shaped and uniquely designed by God. We are not all the same, and there's beauty in that. But it's going to take some understanding as well. And then there's the second key verse um, for this whole series, and it's, 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 it's about following God with our whole being. And this is what it says in Matthew 22. It says, Jesus replied, this is Jesus' words, you have to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And so this is where we are going with all of this. And so we are looking at something called the Enneagram. And Ron, you could put up that slide just really briefly. I want to show you that there are nine different personality types that we are looking at. And you probably have a strong leaning in one of them. And so we're just trying to open up our eyes to that and say, okay, oh, that resonates with me. In fact, what I've been saying is when we go through these and talk about these different personalities, and we're about halfway through, and I'm not going to recap all of them. You can go back to cthope.com slash watch and go and watch all those, um, those messages. But when, you, when we strike a chord, you're going to be like, ooh, that's me, that's me. And then also it's probably a good indication to say, ooh, that's, that's me. And so that's where we're going in this series. And I think there's so much to draw from. And thank you for those of you who have continued to reach out and say, this has been so helpful. Thank you for doing that. So we are going to just jump in to the next personality type that I want to talk about today. It's the Enneagram 2 on our chart. And it's called the Helper. Now I know that many of you are going to resonate. And I'm excited to teach this today because God has taught me something this week and I hope he can teach you as well. In fact, I would say, so the way that Enneagram works is you are a basic primary number, maybe most of all, but then there on the two sides of you are the other numbers. We call those wings. And you have an other strong tendency to lean into one of those. And for me, I am a number one, but I have a leaning on the number two side, which is the helper. So I want to talk through this this morning. Enneagram 2 is called the helpers. Here are some descriptive words of an Enneagram 2. Helpful. Generous. Considerate. People pleaser. Nurturing. Self-deceiving. Empathetic approachable, and available. Now already, some of your wheels are turning because you know that that's you or you know someone in your life that this might be. Let's keep going. You might be an Enneagram too if you feel like you always know exactly what people might want or need. 
You might be an Enneagram too if you go out of your way to help others in time of need. You might be an Enneagram too if you find yourself often giving advice. And I'm going to put a little asterisk here and say, sometimes people want that advice and sometimes they don't. You might be an Enneagram too if you like words of affirmation. You might be a two if people ask you what you need and you don't know how to answer them. I'm going to talk about that a little more in a bit. You might be a two if you are over-involved with other people and tons of activities. You might be a two if you send cards to friends and family because you remember all the special things, like the birthdays and the graduations and all of that kind of thing. Um, you love organizing and bringing meals to people. Uh, you love having people over your house and you want to make them feel comfortable and loved. Um, you remember all the stories that people have told you. Even if you've met that person for like one time, you probably remember like how they met their spouse or something. You might be a two. You love being asked for advice. You want people to think you love everyone, even if you don't. Twos often feel like they are taken for granted. And twos want their homes to be safe and welcoming places for people. Here are some verses, Bible verses, that I think might hit a chord for twos. When they hear scriptures like this, they tune in and they get really fired up. So here's a few of these. Romans 12 verse 13 says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Twos love that verse. Uh, here's another one. It might sound a little bit weird, and we're going to talk about this maybe a little bit more in a second. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. John 15, 12 to 13 says, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than that one lays down his life for his friends. That really strikes a chord in the two. And finally, Matthew chapter 25, this is Jesus talking. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. Clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And the king replies, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Don't you resonate with that? Can you see where we get the name the helper from? Listen, twos are feelers. 
They feel everything. They're automatically tuning in when they're in a room or they're in a space with you to how you might be feeling as well. Are you comfortable? Are you safe? Do you feel valued? It's very important to them how others feel. My friend Adam, who's a two, he says, twos know something's off just by a look or a tone of voice or a speech pattern or a body language. Because of this, expect twos to feel the emotions of others deeply and genuinely and painfully as if we were the ones hurt. Here's the thing. Twos are the most people-oriented number on the Enneagram. If you are a two, you feel like it's your privilege to serve other people. There's always room. You know these people. There's always room at the table for dinner, right? Come on in. Grab a seat. I'll get a plate for you. Twos make great doctors, nurses, EMTs, psychologists, veterinarians. They're great caregivers, especially for babies and seniors. They're Excuse me, they're exceptional in the hospitality business or in customer service. And in my experience, they're great advocates for other people. Now I said, every number, as we talk through this, every, everybody has a core motivation. What drives you inside? And this goes way back, even to as you were a kid. And this is really important, and I want you guys to lean into this today. Because twos are motivated by a need to feel loved and valued. I'm going to say that again. And if you're taking notes, take this down. You are motivated by a need to feel loved and valued and needed. Twos see the world. They see everything through these lenses of need. What does someone need? When a two hears about a need, they respond to it. And as you could imagine, if we let our minds get ahead of us for a little bit, this could also be a blessing and a curse. Because even though you want to help others, often it's at your own peril. And you're ignoring things that you need, and this becomes very unhealthy very quickly. Again, going back to Adam, he, he said this. And we've tried to interview different people, again, at Hope, that we know. Um, and he says this. He goes, before finding Hope, I would overcommit to others at the expense of my own relationship with my wife or kids. And when conflict between commitment to others and family arose, that tension bred anger. And that anger would result in outbursts or spiral arguments that went nowhere except to the point of breeding resentment. And I would even manipulate arguments to try to avoid having to say no to someone out of a strong internal fear of letting someone down. Does that sound maybe like you or someone you know? You see, because twos rarely say no to anyone or anything. Therefore, boundaries are very problematic for this uh, personality. I was thinking all week long as I was preparing this, there's that song by Cheap Trick that says, I want you to want me. I need you to need me, right? Yeah. I need my guitar. Uh, twos, just like threes and fours, the triad, they feel all the things, right? 
and they, are, they really do struggle in the self-image uh, and self-image uh, conscious. And, and for this reason, for this reason, twos are probably the most sensitive people and sensitive personality in the Enneagram. And so as I cross the bridge into weaknesses and struggles, if you think you're a two, I want you to just take a deep breath for a second. Because here are some of the weaknesses of a two. You easily become enablers of bad behavior in those you love because you so desperately need to be needed. I'm just going to let that sit for just one second. You have come to believe that you are indispensable to other people. That you are needed for everything. Unhealthy twos often have ulterior motives. They wouldn't even recognize this or see this, but there is reciprocity that they want in a relationship. In, in other words, they are doing so much for other people all the time that they get offended when people don't see their needs. And that begins to create resentment. And you become very self-deceptive about this. You don't even realize it. At core, you feel unloved and unworthy, and so you push feelings way down. And interestingly enough, sometimes it's under the guise of a very cheery, welcoming, warm personality. And inside, you're hurting. In a weird way, you like receiving sympathy from others because even receiving sympathy from others makes you feel valued. Twos, when they're unhealthy, can become clingy and overbearing. And I won't get into this all, but often, twos really wrestle with physical ailments because they become stressed out so easily by wanting to take care of other people and they overwork, and they don't take care of their bodies. Then they begin to feel anxious and say, I'm not valued in love, and so they really can go down a really hard physical and mental spiral. To see themselves as helpful, but sometimes the helpfulness is self-serving, and to others, maybe overbearing. And again, when we talk about the Enneagram, uh, different personalities will take on different traits of other numbers. So again, so you're not boxed in. And when a two is really unhealthy, they become like, they can become like an eight, which become especially overbearing and obstinate and domineering and maybe even combative when they're pushed to their limit. You see, here's the core sin of a two. It's pride. And this is always really weird for people, but again, if we let our brains go here for a second, I want us to tune into this, because again, this is where we turn into the spiritual. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but here's why pride is where you struggle. You believe that everyone has needs but you. You believe, maybe, that everyone's needs are worse than yours. 
In other words, you don't say this, but you feel that people aren't capable of handling their issues on their own, and so you need to come bail them out. And you struggle with pride because you do not admit your own weaknesses and struggles. And that's why some people might say, I, I, I don't know what I, I, I don't know. These are small elements of pride that can creep up in a two. You find your value in being loved and needed by others instead of finding our value the way we were designed to find it, and that's in God. But here's what a two looks like when they're healthy because we need twos. We do need you. Here's what it looks like when you're healthy. You're motivated by genuine altruism. You give without expecting anything in return. That's when you're healthy. You become unselfish. You take time for caring for yourself. You are thoughtful in what you say yes to. And in fact, maybe, and this is really hard for two, but maybe you find yourself in health saying no to more things than you say yes to. You understand more that your value is first found in God and what he says about you. And you become okay with alone time. Not everything has to be done with and for other people. In fact, Adam says this, I struggle with reading the Bible in a meaningful way and praying consistency, uh, consistently and being in God's presence silently and consistently because I connect through the acts of service and use my God-given talents. But I've had to learn to sit in the reverence and in the quiet and talk to God purposely. Man, that is insightful. And when you're healthy, Again, the Enneagram would teach that you take on the positive characteristics of an Enneagram 4, which is the individualist, which means you become much more aware of you and yourself. You're both emotionally and physically more aware. And so, so maybe this is not you. And I just want to say a brief word to those who have twos in your life. This is going to help you. First of all, be reminded that twos have very big feelings and you need to encourage them to not react or maybe overreact based on feelings alone. Encourage them to bring in more objective decision makers in their life. Number two, remember that they often expect reciprocity whether they realize it or not. So be sure to acknowledge and thank them. And finally, remember that they are hypersensitive to the approval of others, especially those they care about. So strive to appreciate them well. Here's the message. If this is resonating with you and you think this might be who you are at core, here's the message I want to give you this morning. You are not a savior. Twos, you are incredibly good people with good hearts, and you love well, and you're tuned in to other people in their wants, but you cannot be all things to all people, and you need to hear that today. You have to learn how to say no. You have to learn what it means to take care of your body, your mind, and your spirit. You have to develop boundaries and learn what that means. 
And you cannot, and this is a weird statement, I know, but I really believe this, nor should you try to protect everyone from pain. I'm going to say that again because I think that's easily lost. You cannot save everyone from pain. I had a wise pastor friend tell me once in the past, and again, this is where you get down to the deep levels of spirituality, okay? Listen to this. It's never left me, and I believe it with all my heart. He said, you know what? Sometimes I have a hard time praying for my children. And I was like, yeah, that's interesting. Because we always pray for their safety. And God protect them. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but here's the thing. They need to learn on their own what it means to follow God, and they are going to learn from their mistakes. And sometimes it takes pain for people to learn. And from that moment on, man, that resonated with me. And I'm very careful for how I pray for my kids. And finally, I would say that you need to develop more consistent disciplines in your life. You are always relying on other people as a gauge for your value and your worth. And you need to be okay with sitting alone and spending time with your creator God. Here's the, some of the verses I think you need to hear today. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says this, Keep your heart with all diligence. Bold it and underline it. Because out of it spring all the issues of life. In other words, if you are not healthy first on the inside, you will not have the tools to be able to deal with what life gives you. Choose, you need to hear this verse. Another one, Colossians 3, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were, tune in, working for the Lord rather than for people. Your value is not in what they do or what they say or the praise and the thanks that they give you, but you need to flip that and say, God, no matter what, I'm doing this because you've wired me to love well. The master, it goes on in that next verse to say, you are serving as Christ. And finally, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 32, you need to hear this today. Come to me, Jesus said, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm gentle and humble at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. you need to hear that today. As we count down towards the end of this message, I've always wanted to tie it into maybe a scripture or a story that I see in God's word. And I didn't want to use this story because I felt it would be a little bit typical, but the more I just thought about it and looked into it, I'm like, I have to share this. Because I think if we look in scripture, we do see someone who may be an Enneagram 2, and her name is Martha. Now again, I think sometimes this story is told in a very, um, maybe intellectually lazy way. But I think there are some really interesting and quite deep things that are going on in this story. If you're not familiar with it, and I'm not going to have it on the screen, so I'm going to try my best to just explain it to you. There are two sisters, one's named Mary and the other's named Martha. 
And Jesus is friends with Mary and Martha. And we find this story in Luke chapter 10, by the way. So if you want to go back and, and read it another time. And Jesus is coming into town. And so I'm going to pick up the story and start reading in verse 38. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. This is a two's dream. Come on in! I get to host Jesus? Absolutely! So she gets right to work, man. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. And Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So in your mind's eye, can you envision this? I'm guessing it wasn't just Jesus. I'm guessing it was a bunch of people in probably a tiny place. And she is going to work because she wants to make people feel loved and safe and comfortable and warm. And she wants to be helpful. And so she's there and she's preparing everything and she's looking around. It's like, no one's helping me. Twos. A lot of it starts right there. You start to build some resentment right there. Where's my sister? We're in this together. I need help. And so Martha was distracted at the big dinner party she was preparing, and she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? She may have been a wing one, all right? <laughs> resentment, that's me. Tell her to come and help me. And the Lord said to her, my dear Martha. And I think we skip over that word, dear Martha. I mean, we always give Martha a hard time. And I think Jesus looked at her and said, oh my goodness, your heart is so good. I really see you and I appreciate you for who you are and for trying to take care of me and my friends and all the people around you. I see you, dear Martha. But you're getting worried and upset over all the details. There's one thing primarily to be concerned about and your sister Mary has discovered it. And I'm not going to take that away from her. She's going, 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 busy, busy, busy. Wants to serve, wants to love well. And she neglected her time with the Savior. And I think what Jesus is saying is like, the food can wait for a little bit. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's really go where we need to go. I really think Jesus appreciated the thought and the effort and the care that Martha was putting in to the hosting. But as Jesus always does, he kindly and gently points out that others became paramount to her and got in the way of her spiritual growth opportunity. She was striving. She was striving by serving. She was striving to be the savior to the Savior. And Jesus is saying, stop. Just stop. You know, Adam said something that struck me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this thought. He struck me, and I think there's something really profound here 
He was talking about, you know, he made the herd the stories. Of course, in that day, washing people's feet was a, was a practice that was very common in their sandals and in the dusty roads and all, and all of that. But, but we, we also see it as an act of service. And so we see often Jesus washing people's feet. And he said, Jesus washed people's feet out of love. And I, it's so true. But often, twos will wash other people's feet because they feel like they're worthless and unloved and need to prove their love. Because you need to be needed. And I thought that was such a, like that stopped me. And I'm like, oh my goodness. How many of us serve? with ulterior motives. So here's my final message of encouragement to two. It's actually a prayer that I found by one of the sources that we've recommended to you, but it says, Dear two, I love and accept you just as you are. Thank you for showing my love to others. I see your effort. Well done. You can rest from striving for my love. I could not love you anymore. Not only do I call you best friend, but you are my beloved. I will never leave you. Twos. That's what you need to hear today. And I think it's a word from God for all of us. Trust that God loves you. No matter who you are, no matter what number you are, that God loves you completely and entirely and that your worth is found in him, in him alone. There's only room for one Savior, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The rest of us walk it out the very best we can. Twos, we need you. We do need you, and we love you. And as we get later into the year, we're going to start talking about spiritual gifts and how this all plays into our personalities and things. But listen, we need all of you. And I'm just so grateful for the wisdom that I learned this week, and I hope it's something that you can take with you as well. Let's pray. God, thank you for making us just the way we are. And you delight in that. We're your kids. And you see all the quirks in us and all the good stuff and all the bad stuff. And Lord, help us not to be so shallow or ignorant not to see some of the stuff that creeps up in our life. Help us not to push that down. God, help us to illuminate our lives through the grid of your word that you can do a work in our hearts that we so desperately need you to do. And may we always found, find our value in you first and you alone. God, I thank you for the people in our life. I thank you for um, the chance, if, if, again, if this is personality, to serve other people and to love people well. 
God, I pray that they would find their fit within this body. Um, and Lord, that you would just continue to teach us. Maybe we live with a helper. Help us to emphasize boundaries. Help us to support and love and encourage with our words. And thank you for this time that we've had to look at your word together. In Jesus' name, amen.